So we are back. We are back. We are back. It is Kings of the Heart time. Kings of the Heart. Two brothers talking about therapy for couples. My name is Tariq Omari Walton, and I got my man, Dr. John Hart, in the house, too. What's going on, Dr. John Hart? Man, it's good to see you guys, man. You know, happy happy 2021. Hopefully, it's uh, it's been... Uh, a calm one as much as it can in terms of your mental health in terms of your relationships that's why we're here it's good to, it's good to, it's good to be back man it's good to be here with my brother Rick and uh let's keep helping the people let's yeah man here. yeah it's good to be back here with you man i'm glad we could figure out how to do this you know we, we struggled a little bit during the pandemic trying to figure out yeah, how yeah. we're gonna actually make this happen make it legit but exactly. um we figured it out we got it all set up right and we're here to bring you the knowledge y'all the knowledge we are going to be talking about as you know for kings of the heart we're gonna be talking about all types of love relationships and how you can function better with your mate and now we're not just talking about stuff we're making sure we're giving you advice and ideas and tools you can use to make sure that you are having the healthiest relationship possible right and 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 also know in order to be successful with everything you're gonna hear with us um you got to bring the effort. Oh, 100%. Effort, effort is always, you know, we see it in the, uh, we see it in the therapy room. We see it outside the therapy room. Um, and we just want people to know that, you know, your relationships, your mental health, your well-being, it can get better. But we got to commit. We got to commit that effort. So you put all that together, um, man, functional. Everybody want a functional life, functional That's right. relationships. That's, That's what we're going they for. They need it, man. That, is that effort? Is that consistency in your effort? Yeah. Yep. And that intentionality. Yep. Yeah, real. Got to be yeah, intentional. Because I mean, if you're only doing it, doing the things that you would normally do, that's not really demonstrating care. That's not right. being intentional towards your mate. You have to figure out what is it that my mate needs and make sure you're working towards that. Or what is it that we need as a couple? You know, not right. just me as an individual, but what do we need as a couple, as a team, as a unit? And how am I actually working towards that, putting that effort forward? Yeah. And being very intentional about that. And like I said, that consistency, man, you got you have to be consistent about it. You can't just start it and all of a sudden stop because like, ah, I've done it now. No, you have to be consistent with it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny, like I'm glad you bring up, bring up consistency because um, I, I think sometimes I think sometimes we as individuals, especially in the context of relationships, we feel like, well, I did it one time. It should be good. And in terms of meeting our partner's needs, in terms of communicating appropriately, in terms of, you know, being holding ourselves accountable in the mm-hmm. relationship and the consistency is the part. And 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 it's not a gender thing. I think sometimes and I've, I've read things that kind of make it seem as though sometimes like women are the only ones who need consistency. And I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. I think if if anyone is currently in a relationship, I'm sure you're hearing this and you're nodding your head and you're saying to yourself like, yeah, I deserve consistency as well. Right. Right. And 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 you can let me know what you think, Brother Rick, but at the end of the day, consistency helps calms the spirit. Yeah. Calms the soul. Yeah. Like that's why we preach consistency, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing too though that kind of gets in the way of people maintaining that sense of consistency is not feeling appreciated. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because they'll mm-hmm. say, you know, well, I've been doing it, and they don't, they don't really show me any appreciation for it. They don't, they don't acknowledge what I do. They just keep, you know, bugging me. And that's and that's that's me doing, you know, the male voice and the female voice. <laughs> um, but it's just that 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 appreciation that people are waiting for. And my thing is, you can't wait for the appreciation. It would be nice, you know. And you, that's the other side of for your mate. You know, your mate needs to be able to show you some kind of appreciation of of what you're doing, or at least have a balance. You know, not right, just right. get on you for everything you're not doing. But also acknowledge the things that you are doing, but you can't wait for that. You know, yeah. this is your responsibility towards your relationship, and you just have to do the work. Yeah, I agree. You brought up a good point um, when thinking about appreciation. I think about this all the time when working with couples, and one of the things that I stress explicitly is I always say that you know, showing appreciation is not just your everyday basic thank yous. It it needs to sound different. It needs to be shown differently because I think it's easy to sit there and say like, well, I tell them thank you or they, they know I appreciate them. And I always tell people like, you know, the great thing about appreciation is very versatile. Right. You could show it in so many different ways. Right. At so many different times. Right. Don't put yourself, don't keep yourself in a box where you think it's just thank yous or you think it's just, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you brought up you brought up a good point in, in one of our um, other episodes, Brother Reek, about how people need to like not feel that it's like this immediate reciprocal thing, right? So right. If the, if the appreciation doesn't come right then in the moment, right, don't lose hope. Don't get frustrated. Right. There's nothing wrong with communicating that to your partner and say, like, hey, I wish I wish I could have heard a little bit more appreciation, you know, because I did go out of my way and do X, Y, and Z. And that was pretty hurtful not to hear that. Mm-hmm. But also give it time, you know, like we have to respect like, not everyone will show it the same way. That's why we, that's why you and I always talk about how. Uh, something like appreciation is versatile right right and you have to be comfortable knowing that the way you show appreciation may not always be uh how your partner does it too yeah and i think going back to the other point too i think what people kind of forget about this whole thing is that when you're showing appreciation it has to be kind of like you're just saying communicate in a way that the person is going to receive it yeah. you know and if you're constantly getting on somebody being negative towards them or criticizing them and you're not actually expressing that appreciation, especially in a way that they can receive it, then they are probably going to push away or they're going to be, um, I hate to use the, word, the R word, but resentful that you're always criticizing them and you're not giving them the appreciation too. And I think that's a big part of it, that if you're not um, giving, you know, expressing appreciation, that might be okay for a little while as long as you're not criticizing. But if you're only criticizing and not showing that appreciation, that's the thing that I think people really, really get been out of shape about not getting, showing, being shown appreciation because they're always getting the criticism. You know, so you have to have some kind of balance there. You know, if you're only criticizing and not showing appreciation, you're going to have a problem. That's a good point. You know, you're going to have a problem. That's a good, that's, that's, that's a good point. It it, isn't in that famous metaphor where it's like, it's almost like you're, you're doing way more withdrawing and then depositing. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what's going through my mind too. Right. That emotional bank account, man, is very important. You know, let's not get anywhere close to zero and the negative. Right. Um, (laughs) And, 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 and even sticking with the metaphor, what do you think, brother Rico? Like, are there any mechanisms 
Um, I use the term intentionally, just staying in the metaphor. Are there any mechanisms like you know how banks have it? I don't know about everyone else's bank, but you know where the banks where my wife and I bank with, you know they do offer products such as like oh you get an alert if you are at twenty five dollars to prevent you from getting to zero right. or or getting in the negative. And I'm just kind of curious right off the back, um, are there are there any particular like mechanisms or any strategies or anything for something like this that we're talking about that can prevent that negative with withdrawal right where it's not balanced out with those appreciations and we're hearing a little bit more criticism i think it goes right back to what you said earlier it's that communication you have to communicate how you're feeling so if your mate is constantly criticizing you and you're not feeling appreciated for the things that you're actually doing you have to communicate that with them that's the the number one tool you have communication expressing to them how that makes you feel you know when you criticize me I feel and when you criticize me and don't balance that with, you know, appreciation for the things that I do, that makes me feel whatever, you know, what, what, what would be a good word <laughs> that makes me feel, um, well, obviously unappreciated, but, right. you know, um, insignificant. It makes me feel um, insecure, you know, oh. like, I, like I can't do enough good for you because you're not even acknowledging the good I am doing. You know, so you yeah. want to be able to express it to your mates so they understand, hey, there needs to be a little bit more balance in the um, criticism and the expressions of appreciation. So that's, that's my main thing. Just communicate. Use your mouth. Yeah. What do you think? I think communication is definitely the point. I also think that there needs to be efforts with, I think sometimes it's, it's easy for people to be like, well, why would I? Why would I say that or, or give appreciation when historically they don't do it for me? And, you know, we, we have to like we have to keep centering ourselves for the present. Right. Like, let's 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 be mindful. Right. So when I bring that up, that means that there's nothing wrong with calling out unhealthy processes or dynamics that exist. Right. right. But there is a time and a place for that. And I don't think the time and a place for that usually is when an opportunity presents itself. And then we don't take it to either show appreciation or say it mm-hmm. because we're so stuck that, well, historically, I don't get it. Or, you know, whenever I did give it, you know, it's 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 hard. You know, that's technically what makes being in a relationship hard. It's like we have to, like, be mindful of the past. Yep. we got to live in the present yep. because if we keep letting that past keep tripping us up, man, no one's going to feel appreciated in that relationship. And right. it starts to go really bad. Right. Right. If you can't tell, you know, one of the things that we're going to be doing to start off this new season of Kings of the Heart is we want to talk to you about healthy relationships. Yep. You know, we're going to actually do a series on healthy relationships today. We want to give you like an overview of what the different elements of a healthy relationship is. But as we go along, we're actually going to break each element down to the very finest compound so that you fully understand and appreciate what it is you should be doing. What are some of the things that you're not doing and some things that you can be doing better? Yeah, definitely. And, 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 you know, we promise to make it very digestible for folks. Like we know sometimes as, as clinicians, you know, we kind of go off in these abstract kind of ways, you know, and, and all that. Not us, man. Nah, not us. Nah, we don't (laughs) get abstract. Nah, nah, nah. But you know, with Kings of the Heart, you know, our, our goal is always to make it as palatable make it as digestible but also make it very relatable as well right you know we we you always keep hearing us both tell stories whether it's personal or professional we want people to understand that like yeah we're experts you know uh in a way but we're also 
people. And right. so when we talk and when we speak about healthy relationships, you know, we're not wagging the finger. You right. know, we've too have gone through some some things where, you know, we build insight. We've, we've, and, built, and our, we've, built, we've been through the trials. Right. You know, we've been through the trials. And so, you know, we hope, you know, when you guys like, you know, hit us up and ask questions and stuff like that, you know, let it rip mm-hmm. because we, 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 we're here. We're, right. We want people to grow and we might as well grow as a collective. Yep. 100%. And so here are some of the categories that we will be covering in our longer series on healthy relationships. So here we go. We have honesty and responsibility. Mm-hmm. We have open communication. Open it up. We have intimacy. Of oh, course. Yeah. All the different areas of intimacy, not just physical intimacy, but Correct. all the areas of intimacy, <laughs> um, which physical affection actually plays a part in. But, you know, we really want to dig deep into that. We're going to talk about fairness and negotiation. Mm, we, we have to discuss shared responsibility because it doesn't to. all fall on one person. Right. We have to. It's a must. And we talk about respect. Oh, yes. And then the final category, trust and support. What does that yeah. actually look like? How do you even begin to trust someone who you've had such a contentious time with? You know, so there's so many different things that we want to cover in each category. I mean, they're just too big to handle all at one time. So we're going to go one at a time and break them all down for you. And so what I want to do today, this is what we talked about doing, was actually breaking down each category just a little bit so you can get a taste of what they are. And then we'll come back again in other, in other episodes and break down each category a lot more intently, right? So what do you think, Dr. John? Should we start off with honesty and responsibility and what that is? All right. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so just give you a quick overview. When we're talking about honesty and responsibility in terms of having a healthy relationship, and just so that you know, you can go online, there's something called the equality wheel or the healthy relationship wheel, and you'll find all these same things on there. You know, they have a, a nice little... PDF for you that you can just open up and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. But when you talk about honesty and responsibility, one of the main things that you want to keep keep in mind is that you're not making excuses for your partners or for your own actions. Okay, we're talking about responsibility here. No, you can't make excuses for your partner. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, but why is that important, John? Well, well, think about it. If you, I see it all the time in, in, in therapy and I do call out the partner who's making an excuse. And so one of the things I always say is it's, it's a bit incongruent to say that we have an issue around this topic. Know that you and your partner play a role when it comes to talking about the role your partner is playing. And then you cut me off and say, well, you know, they they're not that bad. And, you know, and they only do it sometimes. And I'm like, well, sometimes doesn't get you in my office. Right. So don't do that. You know, I always have to tell them, like, don't do that because I know there's a need. Right. It's coming up because like needs aren't being met. So when you when you try to make an excuse for your partner and I get it, I know there's anxiety about I don't want to make my partner look bad. I right. don't want to throw them under the bus. I, I really empathize with that. I'm very protective of my wife, mm-hmm. very protective of my wife. And so I'm not going to sit there and, and, and bash or whatever. But I do think that that's where you use it as an opportunity to your point about trust then how do we develop a level of transparency that allows us to talk about the role our partners are playing and we're playing. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, continue on in that category. We're going to also get into being able to admit when you're wrong. Couples, couples struggle with this. You know, it's, it's always a, a fight. It's a debate. And 
competition. Constantly. Constant competition. I have to win. And if that means me not admitting when I'm wrong, even when I know I'm wrong, then that's what's going to happen. Because I don't want them to have something over me or something, you know, something beyond me. I have to be the the victor here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's real. And then another another one is also making sure you're keeping your word. You know, we're talking about being honest, you know, keeping your word, saying, okay, if I'm going to do this, and this gets, I think, gets into the the effort. You know, if you're saying that you're going to do something, you have to follow up and do it. You know, if you're saying that, okay, I'm going to take out the trash, something simple. I'm going to take out the trash, you know, before yeah. I go to work, well, take out the trash. Exactly. It's you that know? simple. Right. Right. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be that complicated. So these are some of the things that we're going to get into when we start talking about honesty and responsibility. Moving on. We have open communication. You know, so when we think about open, what's, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about open communication, Dr. John? Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a nerd, but like I use it in session all the time. It has to be bi-directional. It mm-hmm. gotta be both ways. Right. Open implies that it's fluid. Right. It's open, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> open communication is not one person doing it and the other person receiving and then nothing. It's a dialogue. Correct. It's a yeah, dialogue. Not a monologue. Not a monologue. I tell people all the time, look at, you know, when I was out there in the world dating, man, let me tell you, one of the, the struggles I had with, you know, certain sisters I would be seeing is that they were all about that monologue, man. You know, they, yeah. they, they may ask you a question just for you to um, turn around and ask them the same question, and then they're gone for like hours just talking, <laughs> you know, and in order to have healthy, open communication, you have to be able to hear each other and you have yeah. to be able to express yourself. So it's yep. a matter of having that that dialogue with one another where no one's completely dominating the other person. You're both having a chance to express how you feel, you know, and what, you know, what your own opinions are, what your own thoughts are. So the other person can know what's really going on with you. So that that when you talk about open communication, mm-hmm. you have to think about how you're expressing yourself. Yeah. You know, also yeah. how you're hearing the other person. Like what tools do you have to properly listen to mm-hmm. your mate? Right. Yeah. That's an important one, right? Yeah. No, I, I think I think that's spot on. Um, and, and I'm glad you brought it up with communication. So it's not just expressing yourself. We 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 know research shows it. We know through clinical practice. And let's all be real, folks. We also know just being in relationships ourselves, all kinds of relationships that communication easily breaks down when we feel someone's not listening to us. Mm-hmm. So skills around listening is important. Understanding, understanding. the philosophy you know, of listening is, is tied, right? When you listen, you understand. Mm -hmm. So if you're not listening, you're not understanding, right? right? So I don't want to, we don't want to make it seem like that simple, but technically it is simple. That's why people react badly when they are, when they perceive not being listened to even kids, Mm -hmm. you know, kids, kids will, kids will definitely feel, yeah. When they feel like, you know, the adult is not listening to Mm -hmm. them. Come on. What do teenagers say all the time? Yeah, uh, um, I don't feel like my parents listen to me. Right. Right. It's kind of like the cornerstone of the rebellion sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So other things you need to consider when you're talking about open communication, you have to know that it's okay to disagree. Correct. Every disagreement doesn't have to be an argument, a fight, or lead to the end of the relationship, and I think and stop, so. And stop taking it personal. That's the uh, right. disagreement. Right. Like I don't know. I don't know how we got here as a society where disagreeing is so personal. Right. You have a different mind than I have. We have do not have the same upbringing or experiences. So the way that you're going to see the world, the way that you perceive what's happening around you, is going to be different than the way that I perceive it. 
And so we're and, not going to agree on everything. And and thank you. Because let me also say um, before we get to the next one, because I think it definitely needs to be said, and you've you've seen it too, Brother Reek, is I think I think there's this misconception for couples to always have to agree on everything. Mm-hmm. And then when the agreement doesn't happen, it's the love is gone or there's a disconnect. And it's right. like those are very extreme reactions. Right. 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 Like right. it's okay to disagree. It doesn't mean the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But I think to expect you bring this up all the time, Brother Reek, then that idea of expectation. If your expectations is that you and your partner have to agree on everything, you're gonna be disappointed nonstop. Yo. Constantly. Yo. You seriously. Know. So I just I just wanted to put that out there because I think that that's the easiest misconception that love is tied to always agreeing or emotional intimacy and bonds are tied to agreeing all the time. Right. And actually you and I can and we'll wax poetic when we get there, but that's actually not the case. Right. Yeah. And the other part of that, too, is when you have a disagreement, you do want to make sure you come to some kind of consensus. Even if you're not agreeing, you know, that's why we do a lot of work around problem solving. You know, you may not have the exact same idea or thought, but you want to come to some kind of consensus so that, you know, you're not carrying this on beyond the current, you know, discussion. Yeah, you you disagree. But what is the what's the word I'm looking for? When you have a consensus, um, basically just want to make like sure that agreement? You, again, well, because you again we're disagreeing, and so we may not come to a, a perfect agreement, but an understand sure. at least an understanding of what yeah, other person shared, shared understanding, yeah, shared understanding at least, you know. So that's what you want to aim for, even if you're right. not going to totally agree with the other person. So, but you know, getting into the understanding piece, this kind of moves us into the next category, which is intimacy, because. One of the major factors of intimacy that I work with with couples on, I know John does too, is around emotional intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the foundations of emotional intimacy is that, that validation and understanding your mate, you know. Yep. And so when you're talking yep. about open communication, it moves right into intimacy because when you understand your partner, you feel closer to them. When you feel understood by your partner, you feel closer to them. And that yeah. plays directly into emotional intimacy and so yeah, when we talk when we talk about intimacy we're going to talk about spiritual intimacy emotional intimacy um intellectual intimacy and of mm-hmm. course we got to break down physical intimacy but we also need to talk about how do you respect and establish boundaries yeah with your partners yeah you know why is that so important dr john that's 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 a big one um boundaries are important because each of us as humans, we have a threshold emotionally. And mm-hmm. in order to maintain emotional intimacy, we do that by reducing reactivity, right? Because right. reactivity will create distance, right? Right. So if we set boundaries, we protect ourselves, but we're also protecting our partner and the relationship, right? right? A good example is like, if you know you're not in the best place to have a very sensitive a conversation with your partner, then it's important to speak up and let them know like, like hey, right now I'm not in a good place. I right. could probably be there in a couple of hours, right? That's a boundary. I'm not available. I'm emotionally unavailable right now, right? But I could be there for you in a couple of hours. Like I think I could, I can get myself to that point where you can do it, right? And the reason, the reason why that's a boundary, the reason why it's that that's critical is that imagine, and we've all been there, imagine trying to force that conversation. Mm-hmm. 
it's not going to go well. At You're all. unavailable. At You're all. emotionally unavailable. Right. So it's not going to go well. So now you've hurt yourself. You've hurt your partner. And now like the relationship is in like a speed bump mode <laughs> right now. Right. So you bringing up boundaries and we'll talk about this more and more. But like boundaries are actually a good thing, folks. Oh, I want to say this like for the people in the back. Boundaries are a good thing. Boundaries are not whenever we hear boundaries. Sometimes I think people think that it's like this wall and it's really not. No, these are just relational um, what do you want to call them, Brother Reek? They're like relational indicators or mm-hmm. relational parameters that allows us to stay vulnerable, stay comfortable, stay open, stay accessible, and also provide that for our partner as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why you brought that's why you brought it up when it came to emotional intimacy because we need vulnerability. We need less reactivity. Exactly, exactly. And the other part of that too, when it comes to boundaries, is that. You know, you want to make sure that you feel comfortable being able to say no. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are really fearful of telling their mate or, you know, their their family or friends no and don't have healthy boundaries, which means that it can be really hard to, and this gets into other categories, to trust people because they're always violating your, the boundaries that Good you point. haven't set. You Good feel point. violated, but you haven't set the boundaries anyway. Um, you know, so you want to make sure that you have healthy boundaries and that are that are porous. You know, when mm-hmm. you think about, you know, what a boundary is. OK, so, you know, you have a fence up around the house. Right now, you can have a, a, a 12 foot fence that completely blocks you off from seeing what's going on with your, your neighbors. You can have a, a six foot fence where you might be able to look over a little bit. You may have a, a um, gate gated fence so you can see right through, but you're still not crossing over. You can have no fence, but you're just aware of where the boundary is around your house. Good point. You know, and so, you know, there's just different ways to look at what boundaries are. And you set up different kinds of boundaries with different people. And when you feel like they aren't respecting those boundaries, hey, you might have to fill in some of those holes so they don't have as much access to you. But it's a healthy way to approach having a healthy relationship. And that's what we're talking about. Having a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No one should have complete access to everything about you. Correct. There has to be some kind of privacy there and not Correct. feeling pressured to give in. So point. trust me, when we get into intimacy, there's so much. That, that might be about three shows but just by itself. I know. You know, I we know, got a right? lot to cover with intimacy, <laughs> boy. Oof. But that also goes into physical affection, you know, which is its own area of intimacy. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're not just talking about intercourse. We're talking about uh, all areas of touching and sharing the space with your mate. You know, yeah. and but but why is that important? Why is physical affection? We talk about love languages, and that's you know for some people it's the number one, for some people it's the number five. But why is physical affection essential to a healthy relationship? Well, because research says it. I mean, like let's be real. I know like that's a very classic answer, but um, it, the reason why I brought up research is like it's like it's biology. Mm-hmm. Like research literally shows that even newborns can develop illnesses and sicknesses without touch. I mean, like, this is real, folks. And it's not just, like, human babies. Like, research has seen it, like, when it comes to even um, with monkeys, right? That's the, that's the, uh, the the Harlow, I think yeah, that's the research. Yeah, right. With the, the 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 monkey would go get food and water by with the um the wired with one the, with the iron. Right. Yeah, the iron mother mm-hmm. would then spend majority of the time with the cloth. Right. But you see how real that is. Like yep. like that's development. Like that that because folks, physical touch. The reason why we say it's like beyond like just intercourse is because like you you that's mental health. Like you're you're. you're physical health is tied to it yes that's it what we mean your your um 
your your sense of security and safety uh um yeah i mean like i can go on and on but it's like it's 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 legit there when it comes to um the role physical affection and touch oh brother and you also said like space i say that to my couples all the time right I, t- I was like, y'all got to learn how to, like, be in the same space, even when you're mad, right. even when you're upset. Do you know how comforting it is that you can still? We got somebody calling in. Boy, I swear, technology, man. Right, I, I, thought I, right. I thought I had everything muted. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's good. No, but... um. No, I, 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 I tell couples all the time that, like, do you know how powerful it is that for you guys to not be feeling each other in the moment? But if you still hold that space, even if you're not saying anything to each other, I mean, that's important. Right. That is affection. Right. You know, that I will I, I can sit next to you while you're mad at me or while you're disappointed in me, while you're hurt at me. I can you can just by me feeling you feeling my shoulders touching your shoulders. Right. That's powerful, brother. Right. Or just holding my hand, you know, holding my hand or just a hug, you know, that I mean, that this, that expresses so much um, affection and care. And when, yeah. again, when we're talking about having a healthy relationship, it's really about how are you demonstrating care to your mate? Everything we're talking about is, is yep. you demonstrating care. You know, so yeah. one of the questions I ask my, my couples all the time is okay, so how did you demonstrate care this week? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be a big expression. It doesn't have to be nope. I went out and bought them a car. No. No. Look at I went up to I went up to them when they were standing at the sink washing dishes and gave them a hug from their back. You know? Could be just be that simple. And that physical touch, even even if it's not your main love language, it still is essential. And we're gonna break it down. We're gonna break all that down um, later on. Great point. You know, so when we move on to another category, we have fairness and negotiation. What's the first thing that pops in your mind when I say that? Fairness and negotiation. What pops into your mind, Dr. John? Um, what always pops into my mind whenever I work with couples, which is y'all need to stop competing against each other. <laughs> right. Literally, like I'm being serious. That's literally what I say in session. Um, I think fairness is a very relative term. I think um, negotiation, you're not dealing with you know, stockbrokers and, and, and other folks, you know, you're dealing with your partner. Right. Okay. So the other thing that comes to mind, um, and I don't know how it feels for you, brother Reek, but when you talk about fairness and, and negotiating, I think about good faith. Hmm. You got to okay. do it in good faith. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and understanding that about your mate too, you know, understand that they're not being intentionally harmful. Correct. You know, correct. Yeah. And actually, great point. The, great, great point. Let me say the reason why you can't take it super uh, um, reactive or defensive when people are trying to negotiate, because remember, whenever we negotiate, it's actually coming from need. Right. You can't knock someone for having needs. Right. Now, if they're communicating in a very like ridiculous way, that goes back to our earlier point about trust and open communication. Mm-hmm. But you, you can never be upset, folks. Never get upset whenever your partner is trying to negotiate around their needs. Right. It's their needs. It's their needs. I would even say for you to negotiate around your needs. Right. 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 But fairness, though, I don't, I think I think the tricky part, though, I think is the fairness part. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think, but I think the fairness part really gets people gets people. In a very tricky spot. Oh, and, and I hear that all the time from people. You know, it just what doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem yeah. fair. And it's like, 
okay, well, what is fair for you? You know, and what are your expectations around what each person is doing so that it feels more fair? You know, so you have to get, we're, we're going to get into that. The negotiation part, when I hear negotiation, the first thing that pops in my, my mind is compromise. Yeah. You know, how are you problem solving again? How are you problem solving? You know, what steps are you taking to actually come to some kind of consensus? And where are you actually compromising? I think that's the word I was looking for earlier, too. But how are you, <laughs> how are you actually compromising? You know, because you're yeah. not always going to get your way. You're not always going to agree. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. But still, you have to find a solution. You no know, problems need to have solutions, and so you might have to compromise. Great point. Great point. You no, know, you have That's to compromise. You have to compromise and not hold grudges, and not be resentful. But you have to learn how to compromise. The thing that happens is where you have somebody who has a very strong personality, and because they're more passionate in their expression, the other person's always giving in. There's no negotiation yeah. because the other person feels so passionately about it. And for the other mate, it's like, well, it's not that serious for me. But now you're worrying about things not seeming fair because you're never getting things the way that you want them because you're always getting, giving in because your mate speaks more passionately than you do. They seem to care more yeah. than you do. You know, but that's where the yeah, negotiation and, has come in. Yeah, and I can also flip it too, right? Because we always talk about process, but it's also the same thing for the one partner who's very super passionate and 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 all that jazz, like, then they also tend to complain, like, well, my partner never speaks up. Well, you have to understand that you need to tone it down. Exactly. To give them the space to negotiate. But you can't can't take up all the air in the room and then be like, well, they never say anything, so I don't know why they're complaining about why um, they don't feel like they can negotiate. Well, there is such a thing as taking up all the space in the room. Right. People who do that. I see that in session. I know you see this partner. Who's like, well, see, they don't say anything. Well, are we creating emotional safety here for your partner to actually <laughs> emotional open safety? Oh, man, look it. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, but so that's why we that's why folks like as 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 marriage and family therapists, we see everything as a process. It's right. dynamic. Right. And that implies that it takes both people to create this this dynamic. So as you hear us talk, not just for like today's episode, but whenever you come see us, I'll talk in the community or at shows or even like on our podcast. Like this isn't a blame game. Mm-hmm. We don't get down like that. Right. But the way that we do impact changes, we got to tell the person who is too much, tone it, down, tone it down. And the person who's too toned down, come tone on now, up. speak up. Right. Exactly. Right. It's all about that modulation. You know, that's that's right. my favorite word in session now. Modulation. Right. How are you modulating your your expressions? Are you a little bit too low or a little bit too high? Hey, if you're not saying enough, if you don't feel like you're being heard, you might have to pump it up a little bit. And then we're not saying this is a thing I think that people get um, intimidated by. They think that they have to express themselves in a mirrored fashion as their mate. That their their expression has to look like what their mate does, and like I, I, that's not me. And we're not saying that you have to mirror what your mate does. You don't have to mimic their behavior. We're just saying you need to speak up with your own voice. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to look like them. You know, so if you want there to be some kind of, some kind of fairness and you need room to negotiate, well, you have to use your voice to do that. It doesn't have to look like your mates. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I said, there's so much that we can get into with these and we will, we will. Um, but again, we're just going category by category right now. So you have a good idea of where we're going to be focusing our energies week by week. So the next category is shared responsibility. 
shared responsibility. When we're talking about what kind of responsibilities do you have as a couple? What do you have to do around the house? What do you have to do for a living? And how are you guys sharing those responsibilities? Because it can't, everything can't be on one person. Even if you have very traditional um, ideas around how a relationship should work, where the man is the, the sole breadwinner and the, the woman takes care of the house, even if you have that, each person still has responsibilities. You know, so how are you approaching responsibilities in your relationships? How are you guys actually making decisions yeah. yep. within your relationship? Yeah, you know what? Else, what else, what else, what else is there? Well, there's also right shared shared responsibilities. I always tell couples it, it's stuff around the house. It's it's life stuff. It's parenting, but it's also mm-hmm. the, it's also the emotional work of the relationship. There needs to be shared responsibilities. Right, right. You can't know? all fall on um, one person's shoulders. It can't. Right, it can't. Um, we see we see that quite often actually, like in the therapy room, mm-hmm. where um, some folks. You know, some folks are on their own within a relationship. They're on their own emotional journey. And so they may be like well ahead. And so they feel that the burden of always fixing problems or getting the couple back to baseline, they feel always falls on their shoulders. Right. And then you have one other part, the, their partner may either be too slow to catch up um, to where they are or may just be refusing and saying like, nah, I'm good. I don't got nothing wrong with me. Like, right. right? <laughs> so that shared responsibility, folks, translates um, in the household, uh, in in life and and also in their actual relationship so yeah. that that goes back to like brother reed's point earlier about like fairness right when people feel like there's too much burden on them or they feel like their partner's not pulling the weight um you know people shut down or people start seeking it elsewhere you know bad, that's what we mean folks like bad things happen mm-hmm. you know and and also let me you know let me also inject this as well um we can also speak from like a health perspective like if if it's not relatively shared responsibilities throughout life household even the relationship people burn out emotionally and physically and then that starts all the way out and that starts to compromise like their health and and we want to be with our partners for the next 50 60 years right so always keep that in mind whenever you're thinking about is this shared is this relatively as fair as it can be because we don't want to burn our partners out while you know what i mean i just think folks i just we just want to push folks to start looking at these things in a different way Right. Because again, if you share, if you have shared responsibilities, all the weight isn't falling on any one person. So they're not feeling completely burned out unless the other person is feeling burned out too. And then you might want to figure out, okay, what are you guys doing that you need to cut back on jointly? Correct. You know, but if you guys are actually basically taking care of each other, that's what what we're really talking about here. Taking care of each other, making sure that each, that each of you um, do have a sense of, of fairness and balance and things are getting done in a way where you don't feel like you're doing everything yourself. You you know, and you want to make sure your mate doesn't feel that you're taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. And so, how are you actually taking care of each other? Um, what are, what are the things that you're doing for each other? You know, when you're talking about shared responsibilities, what are you actually yeah. doing for the other person? Um, those are the things that you want to keep in mind that we we'll, again we'll get deeper into later on. And then we have respect as its own category. Respect. Yeah. You know, and that gets back into kind of the boundary talk that we had earlier, but it's going to go in a little bit of different direction, too, because the other part of it is, you know, how are you actually valuing your partner? Right. And that gets into that gets into the emotional intimacy as well. It's about value. How do you value your partner? Because if you don't value your partner, 
everything we're talking about right now is for not because you're not going to do any of the work. Yeah. You actually have to value and respect your partner enough to want to do this work. It's a lot of work to do. That's true. No, I mean, I think that's definitely true. And I also think that like when I think about respect, I always have to push my clients, whether it's an individual or with couples, I always have to tell them like you, it's beyond just like self-respect. Like, the way that you're able to show up and give respect to your partner is understanding that you're worthy of it and you're worthy of giving it as well. And I think that, you know, um, when you think about, you know, respect, I mean, I, I think I think it's very clear to say that people end up giving it when they feel like the person who they're giving it to is worthy of that mm-hmm. respect. Right. And if it's not your partner, uh I don't know. That, that's a bad look. It yeah. is like it's right. a bad look. Like right. I've worked with couples where like people are giving more respect to like people friends. outside the relationship. Right, friends, yeah, friends, right. Mm-hmm. or their parents, parents, right, bosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You know, right. but not their partner. And it's like, well, don't you technically sleep next to this person every night? I yeah, mean, but but they're not going anywhere. So you know, these other people correct. need me. Taking them for advantage. That's, yep. that's the lack of respect. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man. Exactly. One hundred percent. You know, and, and there's another part, too, that kind of gets back into the communication piece, which is actually listening Yeah. to your partner. Yeah. You know, what kind of respect does it show when you're constantly continuing to play with your telephone whenever your partner tries to have a conversation with you? That's not respect. That's a good point. It's a know? great example, too. Right. And so, and, and trust me, that, that comes up in conversation a whole oh, yeah. lot with our it couples. Does. It comes up a yeah. whole, whole lot, you know. And so we have one more category, which is so significant, is trust and support. When it comes to having a healthy relationship, you have to trust your partner. You have to be supportive of your partner. And, and part me, of and, 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 go ahead. And, 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 and let me say um, real quick with the support, because it, it always gets conflated. And I literally have had to have showdowns with people who don't get this. And that is, folks... Supporting a partner does not technically mean that you agree with what they're saying or what they're doing. Right. Okay. Do not conflate the two. Right. You will create more problems if because <laughs> you've been there, brother Reek. Like some people are like, well, I'm not going to support what they're saying. And it's like, well, hold up, pause. I know from what you're saying, you're not agreeing with what your partner is saying, which but, is fine, which is completely fine. I'm actually that's why I say, like, get off of that tip. Sometimes right. I have to, like, redirect the energy and say, you're hyper focused on the content. But from a process standpoint, people want to feel supported. Yep. Yep. They want to feel supported. And how are you actually demonstrating that support? Right. You know, what are you doing? Again, what are you doing different than you would normally do just for yourself to be intentional towards your mate? That's showing right. support. You know, and also, you know, making sure that you you feel like you want the best for your partner. That's why Correct. you're supporting them. Correct. You know, if you don't if you don't want the best for them, if you don't even like your partner, how about that? Let's get yeah. let's get down to this basic bare knuckles. You have to like your partner. Yeah. You know, sure. that's where that support comes in because you're showing them that you care. Again, this is all about demonstrating care. And by showing them support in the things that they do, the things that they want out of life. Because you want the best for them, because you care about them, because you actually like them. That's why you're putting that support behind them. Right. I think and I think that's well said. Um and don't and don't allow support to be conditional because that oh, yeah. hurts. Right. Oh yeah. You know, when we think about trust, um, we 
we sometimes get into these weird tit for tats. And so, you know, when I was bringing up reciprocation, people always say, well, I didn't do this because like my partner didn't do that. And it's a it's a weird way to think about reciprocation. We, we want our needs met and we have right. to trust that our partner will do that. Right. But um, to like you said uh, before, Brother Reek, is um, you don't always have to wait for that reciprocation. Nope. You know, um, it can come. Uh, that day and come in the next five minutes and it may even come uh, next week. Right. But we have to have that trust. Right. And I think that's usually where like couples get stuck is because they're thinking it has to be immediate. Right. That instant gratification. Right. And and then again, you're getting back to the whole trust point. You have to trust that your partner is going to reciprocate in their way. It's not Correct. it's not going to mirror what it is that you're doing. The way that they're demonstrating their support for you yep. is not going to be exactly the way that you're doing it. But you have Great to trust point. that their yeah. intentions are the best for you and for them and that they're actually going to follow through when they follow through. If you just do the work and trust that your partner is going to do the work, trust me, most of the stuff we're talking about in terms of having a healthy and solid relationship will work out. But you have Correct. to have that trust and just do the work. No, that's a great point. That's a really great point. I just want to uh, underscore um, one thing. And we'll talk about this, folks, like in a later episode. But um understand and be flexible around like your partner may reciprocate in ways that may not speak fully to what you are expecting but right. it's still effort yeah. take take it accept it you know and then communicate later about like hey you was close i appreciate it but here's a here's a better way isn't that fair exactly exactly you have to communicate those needs but demonstrate the appreciation demonstrate Correct. the appreciation for what they're doing exactly exactly man you know and so that's it for this episode of Kings of the Heart. And like I said, we will be coming back and hitting you over the head with individual <laughs> pieces. We will get into each one of these pieces individually to make sure that you understand them to the best of your ability and hopefully 100%. have a healthy relation by the end of it all. All right. Exactly. Exactly. So for Kings of the Heart, I'm Tyreek Omari Walton. Dr. John Hart. And we will check you out again next week. Have a good one, y'all. Take care, y'all.